Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Monday, January 15th, but today's episode topic will actually live on for months and months because we are talking about fantasy football rule changes. Fantasy season just ended and is fresh in our minds. Today is a holiday, so we got the time. We are going to go back and rewind and make this game the best of all time. My guest today is an absolute authority in my understanding of the fantasy football space. I will introduce him in just a minute, but before we get started, let me remind everyone to rate, review, subscribe on whatever channel you are listening to this content, and to sign up for the fiddlespicks.substack.com free gambling newsletter. That is where I send out all of my picks my write-ups, podcast links, free weekly giveaways, and so much more. So make sure you are subscribed to the fiddlespicks.substack.com. We are going to get started, go through pretty much every position, some general schedule stuff. Talk about making fantasy football just a little bit more exciting. I'm the type to get shit done. You the type to observe. March Madness on my speakers, but today's November 23rd. Cause I'm loud in the blind, yeah. All right, everyone, hello, welcome in. Like I said, today's guest joining me is an absolute authority in my understanding of the fantasy football space because... He's not only the commissioner of my league, he is the reigning champ, and I think five-time, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, five-time fantasy football champion. So you got 60 seconds to gloat before I have to turn the page on that because we're rivals. But welcome to the pod. How are you doing today? And uh, tell us about your recent championship. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Long uh, long overdue for sure. Uh, appreciate the kind words as well. I know, like you had mentioned, we're you know, a bit of a robbery going on in our, our league, but um, you know, it's all good. It's all good fun. I, I won't spend too much time on the gloating. I know you have to hear about it a lot, um, and trust me, you will be hearing about it a lot in the offseason, but um, no, it feels good. It's always fun, you know, as the commissioner, when you win the league too, you get to talk a little extra crap. Um, get to let people have it and you know there's only so much room for responses but um, no it feels good you know not only is it is it fun consistently taking your guys money every year but I think as you'll attest to the money is kind of secondary to just being able to talk some smack with your friends and um, yeah it's going to be a long off off season for you guys so looking forward to it it's definitely a high stakes league in the entry fees and the cost to get in like most leagues don't pay as much as we do it still money's very secondary i actually think no offense drewy i thought the gloating was pretty minimal this year i expected a lot more i was talking to gibby who's probably the most frequent guest on this podcast um about how the winner should be able to and maybe this is the first rule change as we jump into it if you win the league you should be able to change the group chat name for the next off season to whatever the fuck you want it to be. Make your make the group chat name, which is ours is fantasy football. Make it <laughs> Drew just won the league. Hold on to these, insert whatever term you want. And so every time that that fantasy group chat gets a text message over the next 
eight to 10 months, we are constantly reminded who the champ is. Yeah, I love that. Um, no, no, that definitely could be in the future. I'm, I'm definitely more of a slow burn. So, you know, I'll, I'm going to make it last over a few months. Uh, I don't want to use all my bullets, you know, in, in January, but um, oh no, you'll, you'll definitely be hearing from me, but um, no, I, I love that. Uh, God obviously got to remind everyone who the champ is until, you know, September at the very least. All right. Let's start off this topic with uh, a few ways in which our league does some different rule changes and how they are different from the pack. And we'll, discuss whether they're right whether they're need a little bit of adjusting because some of these rule changes have been things that we've had for 10 years but maybe the game has changed a little bit that they're worth revisiting and re-understanding but we are in a 12 team league one quarterback we don't do the whole super flex we don't do the whole 2qb thing um one of the things that we do is player bonuses we do plus three points for 100 rushing and receiving yards from the skill positions and plus three points for 350 from the quarterback. I believe those are our only two bonuses, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's no no defensive bonuses. It's really just yardage. Do you think the yardage marks are correct to go plus three points at 100? Do you think that the correlation, the way that I kind of see it, Drew, is maybe we should bring 350 yards down to 300 for passing or vice versa bring 100 yards for a skill position up to 125 yeah no it's a it's a good thought i mean if correct me if i'm wrong but i i think we used to do the 125 for running backs and receivers and um you know this goes with any new league rule uh it should come down to a vote right like you don't want the commissioner just kind of stepping in there and imposing as well everything you know should be proposed voted on um i personally like the 100 yard mark um just because you know kind of in the in the real league right you're always seeing stats like so and so as this many 100 yard games so i think that's kind of a natural uh barrier or or accomplishment that should be celebrated um and at least rewarded in fantasy football you know in regards to the passing Yardage, I do think uh, it should be definitely discussed bringing that down to 300 because for the same exact reason, 300-yard passing game is no easy feat. I think we've actually seen, you know, especially this year and maybe in the last couple, that's uh, less likely than in in previous years. So um, that's definitely something that should be brought up and considered for 24. All right. This is kind of an intricate, nuanced one, but it's between the lines of skill position points and quarterback points. So bear with me and let me try and explain what I'm talking about. The general question is, should quarterback yards be reduced? Should we, like rushing yards, should we not get the full 0.1 or 10 yards is equivalent to one point for rushing yards for a quarterback like it is for a running back or a wide receiver doing an end around? You get the likes of a Debo Samuel doing that stuff all the time. So champ Debo Samuel on your team. So, uh, my question is, like, if Justin Fields tucks and runs for eight yards versus if he throws a check down to DJ Moore for eight yards, the Bears still accumulate eight yards as an offense. The reason in the fantasy points why that's split up to give Khalil Herbert eight-tenths of a point and more than Justin Fields is because running backs don't accumulate the same amount of yards and the skill positions don't accumulate the same amount of yards. So, 
those points are worth more. But however, the kind of hack to fantasy football recently has been getting a quarterback who can rush and get those bonus yards that count for two and a half X a passing yard. But in real life, if you are a quarterback who gets 160 yards and 80 of them came on the ground and Jared Goff is over there in Detroit throwing for 300 or 296, what actually ha- what's more impactful to, to the game? So I almost wonder if there should be a not a way to just net neutralize it, but a way to de-escalate a quarterback rushing yard. Sure. No, it's a very interesting point. Um, I I think personally. I like that the rushing yards are equivalent. I could, I, you know, it seems like you're a little bit on the other side too. So I want to hear your, your thoughts in general on it, but I think it's, it's more important about like being relative the t- to the position rather than necessarily comparing a QB to a running back or a wide receiver. Um, Cause you know, even, even though there are a ton of rushing quarterbacks now that didn't used to be the case, it's, it's obvious that that's kind of where the league is going. Um, but I think it's more important just that when you look at QBs aside from running backs and receivers, that it's it's not making rushing quarterbacks crazy, like a lot more valuable than some of the other ones. Uh, uh, one of the fixes for that may be, like you just mentioned before, moving that passing yardage bonus down. Um, yeah, that but, helps the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and and like I'll add, and I was going to, you know, I know we're going to talk about QBs a little more later, but. Um, you know, when you look at sort of the history in the last few years of our league, while those rushing quarterbacks are, they can go off, score 40, 50 points some weeks. You know, if you actually look at the teams that are in the finals and winning, those teams actually have like kind of more passing focused quarterbacks. And that, that that's due to a lot of things like spending less money in the auction draft and, and other things like that. But um, I, I like that it's the same, um, you know, QB, it's definitely a league focused around the QBs. I just think as long as the QBs are kind of within the standard deviation of not not getting too much value by being a Justin Fields over a Jared Goff, I think that's more important than, say, getting more points on average than running backs and wide receivers. Fair enough. I actually agree. I just I don't think it should be changed. I just think if it is going to be this way, I have to play into it for the foreseeable. Like I had Jalen Hurts this year. He's going to be welcomed with open arms next year. We will roll out the red carpet for our guy Jalen to come on home. Uh, it might be Josh Allen. It might be just dipping our toes in the Anthony Richardson water if I could convince Tyler to take a shot in the dark with me because the rushing upside is just so damn valuable. Okay, let's step away and go more general real quick. Sure. We're a 12-team league. We get to the playoffs in week what? 15, 15, 16, 17 are the playoffs? Yep. We should have it be 11 weeks regular season. You play everyone once in your – you play every opponent once, and then playoffs are 12, 13, 14. The the whole playoffs where teams are starting to even rest guys, we have a lot of clarity on the playoff structure. The only difference is that there's no bye weeks, 15, 16, 17, so you can technically be in a fantasy football finals. Like if you were had – Terry McLaurin or Gibson or Brian Robinson Jr. and you had a Commanders Week 14 championship, uh, they were on by. So it's like, well, I rode these guys all the way to get here. My counter to that, and this is just my opinion, is if you 
if Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin helped get you to week 14 and now they're on by, you got the added benefit of getting them for all the other previous weeks. Now you have to, so it works both ways, right? Whether or not you have a buy in the semifinals versus a buy in week 10, which ends up being a crucial week. I hate the end of the season and how like you won the fantasy football championship and you probably started some weird dudes in the finals. Last, my last championship, I started CJ Anderson and Robbie Anderson, Mr. Chosen, over the likes of like Todd Gurley and some other one that was some someone that was great. So it gets really weird at the end of the season. And I think we should shorten the fantasy fantasy calendar. No, listen, I, I think those points are very valid. You kind of covered my biggest retort to it, which would be uh, I just don't love having playoffs while there are still bye weeks going on. Um, because that, if you think about it, although it does even out, like that could change a lot of the draft strategy as well. Like if you if you see a player with a buy in week 14, knowing that you're not going to have a buy from them all regular season, um, you know, it definitely, it can get a little hairy at the end, right? You know, if, if teams this year were clinching with a couple weeks left. Um, but also, I, I think the biggest issue as a commissioner that I'd run into with that is, you know, good luck telling people who love fantasy football that the season's shorter when, you know, obviously That's everyone big. wants to keep keep the league going as long as possible. It's fun. Um, but, you know, it, it's an interesting point that I haven't thought about. I will say if you are in a league that is kind of set up how ours is pretty standard and you're having people play other teams twice in a year, I think in our league you play three teams twice. Just make sure if you're a commissioner you're reshuffling the schedule so it's not – you know, you're not just playing the same exact teams twice. Should it go the other way? Should we be including NFL playoffs in our fantasy season and then getting like a few players that if they keep performing, so say Christian McCaffrey keeps going throughout the playoffs, should you keep accumulating points in a like Roto style playoff format where you can add on to your final weeks because you have great players who overperformed and their team stayed in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting concept too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll go back to, I, I do think that would tra- change a lot of the draft strategy, right? Like yeah. as if McCaffrey wasn't valuable enough being on what I think is probably the best team in the NFL um, you know, it'll obviously put some weight on those teams that are always good, like the Niners, Ravens. Um, I I would think the best solve is, you know, get with your league mates and kind of refresh and start a new fantasy, you know, NFL football fantasy league kind of after the fact. That way, you know, it kind of gives everyone a shot to win something that year if they didn't place well in the regular season. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. I do think I do think it would change the draft strategy a lot, though, if if we were to look into that. Should there be a formula that actually properly determines the distribution of the prize pool? Now, again, I'm going to get nerdy and be a little confusing, but bear with me. What if there was a website or an actual formula? Now, the website would have the algorithm programmed in it where you could then post a picture of your league standings or post the results of your league standings. And it knew uncle Drew's team, shout out to Kyrie uncle Drew's team was in first place with a 14 and no regular season record and is 700 points above second place versus the other leagues where uncle Drew is in first place with a 
10 and three record, but there's two other teams with 10 and three and nine and four. And you actually had less points than the nine and four team, but a slightly better record. So your difference and your hold on winning the league was actually lessened. Should there be a formula with how useful would a website be or some sort of way to calculate the actual advantage or how much you won by and it gave you a bigger percentage of the prize pool yeah no that's actually a very interesting concept um i i would be all for looking into that and or using a website that did some of that because although our league finished in a way like i believe first through third were actually the the points and record finishers in those respective positions but i can't tell you how many times this year i heard of right. you know i i was the most points in my league or second most points i came in eighth ninth place i do think there should be some sort of like reward or, or bonus for the people because because ultimately scoring points is is the best dictator of how good your team actually was or at least who you started that year um and then in terms of like altering the payout based on you know I guess, dominance, for lack of better terms. Um, that's very interesting. I know, you know, Richie would have been very happy with that this year. Um, I know there are like... like imagine, I mean, imagine if there was a thing called like the Geiner formula. And yeah. we just said at the beginning of the year, we don't have a set payout structure. We're using Geiner formula. Boom. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's very interesting. And again, like something that would need to be voted on, but... I, you know, I think what you'll find too is like the teams that typically have more need to be created first in general. <laughs> well, that too, but yeah, yeah but also for any of our brilliant analytical minds listening to the pod. Yeah, no, there's definitely a couple in our league too that would love to kind of dig into that. I'm sure. Um, and you know, I think what you'll find is the teams that it's usually a little bit personal, right? Like the teams that have scored high every year, but maybe haven't won are going to be very for that. And then the yep. teams that maybe have not been doing so well are going to want to make it as even of a playing field as possible. But um, no, it's it's definitely an interesting concept. All right, last general approach one. This is something that we do, and I think must be mandatory for all other leagues. Your last playoff spot goes to most points not in the playoffs. So we have a six-team playoffs and a twelve-team league. Two buys, the standard kind of fantasy approach. Fifth, the top five seeds are locked into the playoffs. Sixth place goes to the team with the most points in the league on the season, place sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. We might bring up the tenth place team and put them in the playoffs because that person's the one who got screwed by playing the person and has the most points against throughout the season. So the last playoff spot, mandatory rule for any league listening out there. Last playoff spot goes to team remaining with the most points. Drew, is that one of the best changes we've ever made? Yeah, I, I honestly, I, and I, I think there was you that originally proposed it too, so shout out. But I don't know how every every league doesn't do this. Um, it completely, it, it basically it's impossible if you have the most points in your fantasy league to not make the playoffs. So that's one. Two, it, can, it keeps the league way more competitive towards the end of the season. We had a couple teams this year that were, you know, whatever, four and 12, five and 11, and they were still in it very until the last week, up until the, you know, last two minutes of the fourth quarter in the last regular season fantasy week, you know, we had two or three teams in it. I think it keeps it fun. It keeps more teams involved. 
Uh, and even if you get some bad luck a few weeks, you know, you score 140, but someone scores 160, you know, you know, in the back of your head, like, all right, hey, I just, if I keep putting up points, I got a shot. Exactly. That is the worst feeling in the world, putting up 138 in a loss, and you would have beaten 10 other teams in the league. Uh, a few other places that our league does it correct, and that we should give out some advice for the rest of the, rest of the schmucks listening. <laughs> the kicker points. We've nuked kicker points to where a extra point is half a point. A 30-yard kick is one point. A 40-yard kick is two points. And a 50-yard kick is three points. It is blasphemous with how good kickers are these days and how long they can hit these balls and the efficiency at which they could make 50-yard field goals that we're counting a 50-yard field goal more than a passing touchdown in some leagues. If your league does that, Cut that shit out. Like, a passing touchdown should be definitely worth more than a field goal. And it's worth just one more point if someone hits a 55-yard bomb as opposed to throws a two-yard touchdown. But fix that because that's the way football should be. Um, should there be any points for missed kicks? Should we do – I've heard people do three points for all kicks versus one point for PATs, exactly how kickers scored. My biggest gripe, Drew, is – it, the yardage should be the more exact. Like there shouldn't be a difference. There shouldn't be the same between 33 and 38. And then you get to the difference between 38 and 43 and there's a difference. And then you go back to the difference between 43 and 48 and it's the same again. So it just doesn't make sense that it's not exactly tailored to the yardage. Yeah, no, that that's an interesting point. I'll, and I'll start by your first point of, you know, quote unquote, nuking kicker points like that. That was a game changer. You don't want it. It just sucks. If you have a, a running back playing a kicker, a guy could have 100 yards rushing, but the kicker kicks four field goals. Right. And somehow that loses you the week. But for like the haters or naysayers to that, you know, we have a couple in our league with the tagline, make kickers great again. Um, right. Billy ac- actually pointed out something very interesting that in the semis, if me and him had swapped kickers, he would have won the week and then would have gone on to win the league. So it's not like kickers do not make any sort of difference. It's just you're kind of minimizing like, hey, they still matter, but they're not going to score 25 and completely freak out. They still play a role there. Um, You know, in terms of taking away points for missing kicks, I like that. I would say, you know, with the way we have it set up with kickers points kind of lowered already, I that's that's where I would kind of disagree with taking away points for missing kicks because they're already kind of tampered, so to speak. But if you are in a league or you know your league refuse you refuses to make kickers less points, um, then I definitely think taking away points for missing field goals is is huge because you know kickers kickers need to have some like some sort of check uh, in season for for doing something wrong, and even missing extra points can maybe. Um, be more, and then I, I, you had one other point. Yeah, should it be exact scoring, like three exact points, scoring. any field goal whatsoever, or just the yardage? Should the yardage be more exact? Yeah, the, the it's actually I haven't thought about that, but making more exact points for yardage is interesting too, because in every other position, right? There's there's fractional points, um, right? More or less, besides maybe defense. So yeah, oh, I mean, what why? Yeah, why? I mean, why not kickers? It's very interesting. I think it'd be tough. You know, it, it would kind of need to be a direct correlation, right? Like, 
maybe it's you know like 3.8 is 38 or half of that right so so right. there would be a lot of different numbers and tiers involved but um if there's a way to do that i'd be all all for looking into that yeah i think some of these things that were thrown out are like just simply not even eligible rule changes on yahoo that's kind of not the point of the pod the the point of the pod is just to discuss what would be fun and making the game great yeah. some platforms like sleeper or underdog you could do some kind of more unique scoring settings i do think kicking yardage is one of them so like if our league has one point for a 30 yard field goal like 33 should be 1.3 and then 37 should be 1.7 and then 47 should be 2.7 like it just makes way more sense that way and same holds true for the defense like it's insane to me that yahoo doesn't allow a setting where 14 points led up against is different than 20 points led up against. I mean, maybe you can change the ranges that they are, but the fact that defensive points is defensive points and kicking yards are in these range groups to me makes no sense whatsoever. We did something smart in our league where we changed the ranges so that they cut off at every touchdown mark. So zero to six is still a shutout in our fantasy football league, because if your defense lets up one or two field goals, like, their team won that game 99% of the time, and that's still in 2024, in essence, a football shutout. So if your defense lets up three or six, give them the full 10 points for a defense not letting up any points. And then that cliff, when you first let up that first seven and in standard Yahoo score, you go from 10 to four and you get minus six for letting up the first touchdown is the most brutal drop because if you only let up seven points, like that's an amazing defensive effort. So the way what we've changed it is every time you reach a touchdown threshold, it's simply minus 2.5. So when you get to seven points, you have 7.5 defensive points. When you get to 14, you have five defensive points. When you get to 21, you have 2.5 and so on and so forth. It's 2.5 points for every touchdown threshold, but it should still be, Drew. It should still be more exact within that based on, did you allow 14 points or 20 points? Because if you look at the difference of if your team won when only letting up 14 versus if your team won while only letting up 20, I'm sure it's a staggering statistic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, again, I've really only played on Yahoo and ESPN. Unfortunately, there's not a way to be more exact with points, but I do think there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, I also think that you know, on Yahoo, it's it's like points allowed 35 plus, but it should go deeper than that. If you're the Broncos yeah. and you let up 70 points, that should Double. not be the same as letting up 35 points. And, you know, you should probably get like minus 10 for that. Obviously, that happens once in a blue moon. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of validity in, in giving points to a defense for winning, too, because some defenses, they're good defenses. You know, they, they have really high powered offenses. Maybe they let up 21, 24 points a game, but like by all intents and purposes, they're a very good defense and they play winning football. So I do think there's something to be said for that too. Okay, a few more to get through. Let's stay on the defense right now. A lot of teams going forward on fourth downs. Should plus one exist for a turnover on downs? If your team gets a stop on fourth down, an interception is plus two, a fumble is plus two, should a safety is plus whatever. Should a turnover on downs where you stop the team on fourth down and recover possession back be plus one? Yeah, I, I, you know, that's the first time I've heard you bring that up. And I honestly completely agree. I mean, 
a turnover on downs is exactly how it sounds. It's it's more or less a turnover. You know, it doesn't go on the stat sheet for a QB as a pick or a running back as a fumble. But yeah, you're like your defense is turning the ball over and getting the ball back to the offense. So there should be. I definitely think there should be some sort of poured points awarded for that. You ready for this one? Go should defense it. be a flex option? Because I look at the final few weeks of our season, and maybe this is just unique to my situation where I was like struggling whether to t- play Najee, fuck him, or play McLaurin, <laughs> fuck him too. Um, <laughs> and I had Miami defense when they were rolling before the, the rash of injuries, and I had Cleveland defense who were rolling before C.J. Stroud nuked him in the playoffs. Uh, we have our defensive settings where it's only minus two and a half. So a normal defensive, a good defense will get you 10 to 15 points on a given week in our league. That's very flex worthy. Should a defense be able to go in the flex spot? Um, I So I'm going to probably just take the other side on this one. I don't think they should be um, for the exact reason you just said, because defenses, you know, a lot of times are scoring 10 to 15 points even during kind of the course of, let's say, a normal game, you know, they give up 21 points, maybe a pick or, a pick or two and a sack. Like, that's not that wild of an outcome for a defense. Whereas if you're scoring over 10, 15 points as a wide receiver, running back, tight end, like, you had a really good game, right? And and also, I've always loved how much value running backs and wide receivers and, you know, kind of now tight ends are carrying in the league. Um, so I'd probably be opposed to that one. Again, probably not even a functional rule change on any platform. You talk about the tight ends getting better. Now, there used to be this dumb thing that I've heard that other leagues do. We've never done it. Have you heard of the tight end premium? Uh, I, I have not. Okay. I've heard it on podcasts and other things. But with how bad tight ends were recently, some points were doing – some leagues were doing uh, a point and a half per reception for tight ends and it would be half a point for everyone else so that when you went four for 50 or three for 40 out of your tight end streamer, your wasteland guy, your Juwan Johnson on the Saints, your Johnu Smith or Kyle Pitts on the Falcons type of guy, it ended up being a relatively flex-worthy score. I thought that was stupid. I always felt it was stupid. I didn't really understand it, but some te- some leagues and people explain they really like it. I think we need to, we started this podcast off by saying some of the landscapes of these rules are changing a little bit and we need to check back in with something we established years ago to see if it's still worth it. With the rookie class of tight ends that we had, Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Laporta, uh, the the two Green Bay guys, Musgrave and Kraft, with Hawkinson, Njoku, there's so many great Dalton Schultz, who you dropped, you idiot. Um, there's so many great, but you had Trey McBride. There are so many great tight ends. I can't even stop busting out names. That tight end premium's got to be removed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm surprised it exists in the first place. I think this year also was a bit of an outlier. Like in previous years, it was. I, I from the last like three to four maybe it was there's there's those top three to four tight ends and then there's a huge drop off so I almost feel like there's a natural premium on draft day like you you saw tight ends going in the first round that like that was never a thing but Travis Kelsey this year was probably a first round pick in most league like there's the premium right there I think right. 
that's that's enough. And and similar to my argument about the quarterback position, I think it's more kind of the standard deviation between people within that position as opposed to comparing tight ends to one, running backs, wide receivers. All I think this year did is really to to reconsider how you use the flex option because there are so many good tight ends. You know, maybe you do want two good tight ends. There were there's a week or two where my like I I threw a tight end in the flex spot spot, whereas I never would have done that before. I think the depth of the position more is reflected that way, but I don't think there should be like a premium or anything like that on tight end receptions, guards, or, or TDs. I think we've worked our way through pretty much all of mine. Do you have any crazy, exciting, or different rule changes that you considered? Um, I, I didn't. You know, I, I, I honestly, we were talking about defenses a bit. Um, and while I while I like the breakdown of our defense in our league, I do think personally there should be a difference between letting up zero points and say letting up a field goal. You know, maybe instead of subtracting points, there's after the game maybe an additional little bonus. Because to be real, especially in today's NFL, although it happened a few times this year, a shutout's pretty hard to do. Like whether, yeah. Although very similar to a field goal or two and and not letting up a touchdown should still be that 10, you know, maybe you get a plus three or plus five bonus for having a shutout. Um, And, you know, the turnover on downs thing we discussed, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to cut like that defenses have success that aren't scored. And I think that's one of them. Should a say, I love that. Should a safety be, it's kind of a defense bonus. We're not even saying make zero points against the 15 and then work your way down from there where like letting up seven would be 12 and a half, but like just add bonus. If you straight zero, somebody should, um, what was I saying? I, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, should, should a safety be, be only two. I've always argued a safety should be more cause you're getting two points plus the turnover. Um, yeah, I mean that's an interesting point too because it you know it's it it almost should be four if you think about it because again like it is a turnover. I thought about it way too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I and, and uh, you know personally being a Jets fan and completely biased and playing their defense probably more than I should. You know they had four or five safeties this year, so no, they they like they would they would have been a lot of uh, a lot better for fantasy. You purposes. would have had more points, and then we would have put the standings in the Geiner formula, and they would have given you more money of your winnings. Yeah, there you go. I do think if we come up with some sort of formula, maybe we don't uh, let Richie head it, but uh, you know, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to the league to decide. He's going to appreciate the shout out. Um, <laughs> all right, I think that should do it for the show. I think we got to make this one semi-annual because, like I said it's worth revisiting some of these topics. It's always fun to talk about how do we change fantasy football and should a turnover on downs be plus one. We didn't even bother getting into the likes of like, should you draft a head coach and wins matter? Should wins matter for your defense? So there's a lot of other interesting ways we will go. Maybe we'll do a show before the season starts off again and revisit what, which one of these are actually eligible to add into your league. Drewy. Thank you for the time. As always, I appreciate you. Welcome onto the pod for your first time ever. Your appearance was great. Your face is beautiful. And we will be sure to bring you back very soon. To everyone else, thank you for listening. I will put this up on the podcast feed. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and sign up for fiddlespicks.substack.com. Thank you all. Peace out. I'm the type to get shit done.
You the type to observe March Madness on my speakers But today's November 23rd Got something loud in the blunt, yeah I do not say what I want, yeah Probably somewhere sunny and tan Foreign women in the sun, yeah This all the 